unidentifiable flying object. UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be one thing. A UFO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UFO No, your weekly break from the propaganda, the constant barrage of news and political nonsense that we're flooded with these days. Oi! Have a little fun going over some topics. UFOs, aliens, conspiracy, what's real? What's what's science fact? What's science fiction? Try and figure it all out. Keep an open mind, but also common sense. Common sense. What does common sense tell us? What it might be? And I'm conspiratorial, so of course I think it's always the government shenaniganizing, setting us up for shit, you know? They do a good job of proving it. That's the truth. That is the truth. Well, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you will have uh, noticed that Ukraine has been talked about a bit. There's some shit going on over there. And with that, a lot of focus, if you've uh, you know listened to some other shows, you, you'll notice that uh, I, I talk about focusing energy. So with that focus, there have been several UFO reports coming from several different regions of uh, the Ukraine. Could be. Could be that's mass hysteria. Could be uh, conscious will manifesting experiences. Or could be legit. Could be legit, unidentified flying objects. Aliens. Either way, Ukraine has actually a very long history of UFO activity, encounters, uh, going back decades. Starting around, of course, like a lot of them, around the 1950s. A lot of people like to speculate that it's due to the nuclear activity. That the human race now, you know, because we had nuclear technology, that all of a sudden extraterrestrials were, were cued in. That, oh, the human race is ready to expand. And, uh, and also the other theories are that they're here to watch us. Make sure we don't do anything fucking stupid, which I think they've dropped the ball on that one a wee bit. But... I think it's simply because we had... Now, agencies that were looking at this, bringing attention to it, all of a sudden the term UFO is brought in the mainstream. We talk about mass hysteria. We talk about propaganda. Well, they kind of, the, the U.S. government was kind of the one that, that started coining these things, that started putting these things out there and started what I believe to be the front. That is, UFOs, being aliens that I think a lot of what we see is actually uh, government secret technology. There's a lot of money. Where is it? It's in the skies. It just looks so foreign. It looks alien. Could be us, but might not be. Open mind, right? Open mind. Anyways, once again, it goes back to the 1950s. And whatever it is, 
It's everything from strange crafts to alien humanoid encounters with the, the, the pilots, I guess. But before we go into this too far, I want to make sure to remind you all, share this episode with friends, leave us a nice review. It really helps grow the show, really helps let people know we're worth checking out. And of course, help us out even more by going out there, buying some merch, even check us out on patreon.com slash you have no podcast. Oh, brother, I merged that together. UFO no podcast. Say your words. But let's get into it. First, we're going to talk about a case called the Dubno alien abduction case. Story goes January 11th, 34 year old Vladimir Voronesky and his 29-year-old wife, Olga, along with their young son, Arthur, and their two daughters, Vanessa and Angelica, who are all eight and nine, were at home when Olga sent the two girls out to get some groceries from a nearby shop. On their way back, they spotted... The girls, that is. On the girls' way back, they spotted something weird in the sky. When they got back home around 9 p.m., 9 p.m., what kind of a parent sends an eight and a nine-year-old girls out to go get groceries at 9 p.m.? That seems super weird to me. But maybe that's just me. Maybe maybe this is a different time. You know, different different time period. Uh, this one, I, I don't, I don't have a date on this. Exactly when it was January 11th, some time period. So, either way, girls arrive home, 9 p.m. They tell their parents what they saw, which looked to them like a flying star. Which I would think you would say a shooting star. But once again, we're unaware of what time period this is. But they're 8 they're 9. So, at first, Olga didn't believe them. Didn't believe the story, dismissed it entirely. Um, told them probably a plane or a passing satellite. I want to say this is like 2019 if my, uh, or, or uh, uh, oh, it was 2008. I apologize. My God. 2008. Anyways, told them probably a plane or a satellite. The girls, though, insisted that what they saw was not a plane or a satellite, but that it was actually a round object with white, yellow, and red flashing lights. They even went as far as to sketch a picture of what they saw. And, of course, their sketches matched almost completely. Now, that's not surprising to me. That's not surprising to me. I mean, they've talked to each other. They both described the same object. Why wouldn't they sketch the same object? Why would the sketch all of a sudden be differently? So, to me, it's an interesting detail that they were like, oh, the sketches match. Well, of course they did. They talked about it. It'd be one thing if they hadn't talked to each other. They saw something entirely different or or they saw something individually didn't talk to each other and then drew the same picture that would be like whoa but this is like well duh they literally both came to you both told you about this of course they're going to sketch the same object anyways not sure what to think about that olga and vladimir went outside to see for themselves to their amazement they saw a strange object that appeared to be hovering over a river a little ways from them. The more they watched, the more it looked like it was changing shape as it moved around. 
Now that could be angle. You know, the the shape changing. It could be who knows what it's doing in the, you know, once again, we've talked about this a lot. You probably get tired of me talking about it. Is when something is elevated, especially high up, and especially the fact that they have no idea aircraft anything, then the fact that it's changing shape, that could absolutely be angle, the 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 it's rotating, whatever. So that it, changing shape is is uh, to me is a little bit misleading, only because I don't think it changed shape necessarily, or might not have. It just may have been moving around, and to them, it looked like it changed shape. You know, like if you took a cup or a whatever and moved it around in different angles, you wouldn't necessarily know it was a cup if you had it turned on its end. But then you turn it right up. Oh, it's a cup. Otherwise, it would look like a circle. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Olga tried to take a picture with her phone, but it only showed a blurred yellow object. So the family went back inside, apparently confident that they weren't going to see or experience anything else. But, I mean, I'm a UFO guy, of course. I'm looking for this shit. But if I take a picture of a blurred yellow object in the sky, I'm going to stay there for a while. I'm going to stay there for a while and, and watch because I don't want to miss anything. And of course, I want to get more than a fuzzy picture. People give up too easy. Don't give up too easy. Stay out there. Take some more shots. Spend the night. Pitch a tent. At 2 a.m., all the family was asleep in their beds. With dreams of gumdrops in the heads. Whatever the fuck. Anyways, Vladimir woke up to a brilliant white light that filled the room. He woke up his wife, Olga, half asleep. She mumbled that he must be dreaming and rolled back over. Now, he convinced he was in a dream simply by that. Good Lord, these people. That's that's the whole point of having a skeptical mind. You know, like this guy, his wife tells him he must be dreaming. So, oh, okay. Good Lord, man. It's just a skeptical mind. I'm not going to be like, oh, I must be dreaming. Does he have those types of dreams a lot? Where he wakes up and there's a room full of weird light? What a weird guy. Anyways, Vlad goes back to sleep. But he wasn't the only one that woke up to the bright light. Angelica, their daughter, woke up to the intense to an intense orange light that shined through a small gap in their bedroom blinds. After several moments, she jumped out of bed to tell her parents about the light. And when Angelica burst into the room, Olga immediately got up, woke up Vladimir. And he was totally confused about what he was seeing. Clearly because his wife had lied to him. I would be perplexed as well. I'd be like, well, gee. Anything could have happened. That's why you don't go back to sleep. That's why people get anal probed. Speaking of which, blame Mike. Keep them in your thoughts and your prayers, everybody. We will get you back, Blind Mike. We will get you back. So what he was even more confused about was the fact that the entire ceiling was completely transparent. He could see straight through it into the night skies. That would be badass and also terrifying. (laughs) That would be super terrifying, but pretty fucking sweet, too. I got to say, if I woke up and I could all of a sudden see the stars, I just think the stars at night are just 
phenomenal. It's breathtaking, especially if you're in the mountains. We're in the Pacific Northwest over here. By the way, we're getting fucking snow over here. We're getting snow. I know there's a bunch of places around the country that are getting hit right now, so I, I got nothing to complain about. But what in the flying F are we doing here? Snow. It's almost Easter. Jesus. Easter Bunny is not going to be happy. He is not going to be happy. Anyways, so the whole ceiling, completely transparent. Once again, I think that's fucking sweet, but also terrifying. So he could see straight through it. Uh, and what he saw up in the sky was a disc-shaped object that was hovering over the house. Olga and Vladimir flew out of bed, ran outside, but stopped in their tracks when they saw, around 350 feet away in front of the house, the disc-shaped object hovering with an extremely bright light coming from it. And as they stood and they watched it, Olga suddenly started to rise into the air in a spiraling motion. Vladimir reached out to grab her leg, but missed. So Olga continued upwards. Jesus, dude. Jesus, dude. You're never going to live that down. Remember that time when I was being abducted and you missed? You went out to grab me and you missed? The trust is gone. Vlad, dude. He was probably a little portly. I don't know much about Ukrainians, but he was maybe a little pudgy. Couldn't get the lift. Just nothing but air. Oh, what a sinking feeling that would be. And like, Jesus. I mean, I I can't even imagine sitting there watching that happen and then reaching out trying to grab her and then she keeps going and like having the realization like this is actually happening she is actually being lifted up because if you grabbed her then it would be like more real because maybe she just came right down so it was like a weird fluke thing but what if she was being tugged at then you're like oh my god anyways super intense that would be super intense so reaches out for misses she keeps going up she's paralyzed and feeling sick all of a sudden without knowing how it happened or what happened vlad and olga are all of a sudden inside a large furnitureless room with transparent glass-like walls they looked around spotting several humanoids scattered about around three feet tall with gray skin and particularly large heads. Three fingers on each hand, wearing some kind of tight-fitting bodysuit. That is really common. Really, really, really common. I mean, I think in the last probably four episodes we've done, we've talked about beings with these tight-fitting suits on. Which, it, you know, as I pointed out before, if you look at the SpaceX suits the astronauts have now it is getting very slim lined so you know you think about the theory of uh you know future humans being aliens and they're kind of doing this archaeological type thing because they can time travel i mean i would fucking do that in a heartbeat in a heartbeat i want to know i at, tell me if you're listening on if you're watching on youtube or wherever leave a comment if you're uh anywhere where you're finding this, I want to know 
what do I want to know? <laughs> I totally lost my train my train of thought my god oh yeah whether they're future alien uh, humans or not or whether you would go time travel back in time to go check out ancient cultures man if i had the opportunity i mean if it wasn't like a you know avengers deal where you had you know oh well we might not make it back you might end up your grandpa you know you who knows you only have two trips whatever the fuck as long as it was like oh no just you know hop on a train take a transit back to you know 2700 bc and check it all out that i would do in a heartbeat but super cool just to see it for yourself how could you not how could you not I would regret it forever if I was too afraid to do that. But I'm kind of a chicken shit, so if it really did happen, I don't know. I talk big now. Of course. Anyways. So, they got tight-fitting bodysuit with hoods on. Now, hoods is a little different. That covered their heads and masks that covered their faces, only showing the large black eyes. An interesting detail, again, that is not uh, common in a lot of these other ones, is that they couldn't see any legs on them. Instead, they moved like a caterpillar. That is very interesting. I have not heard that detail. Uh, very, I, I can't remember any other account that I've read that talks about a caterpillar-like being. So anyways, that's super interesting. Uh, They also noticed a taller humanoid, around five feet tall, wearing similar clothing, but the face was completely covered. See, that makes me think human. You know, human, I mean, obviously it's humanoid, but face is covered, anonymity, I don't know, maybe, who knows. Or maybe their face is so freakishly weird, they just don't want to, who knows. So. The smaller humanoids move closer to Olga and take her to a medical-like chair. And Vlad, who before was frozen in fear, now rushed to get her out of the chair. I would assume because he couldn't foresee anything good happening once she got in that chair. But before he could reach her, an invisible wall stopped him from getting in closer. Two, now... Invisible wall. Obviously, we're describing a wall because it stopped him, but we really don't know what it was. Could have been anything, but invisible walls, how he described it. Two of the smaller humanoids dragged him away. As he was screaming and struggling, a voice popped in his head, telling him that he would soon be back home. Vladimir knew it was one of the creatures communicating with him telepathically. Now, that is a grave assumption. I mean, not grave, but that is a a drastic assumption. I mean, clearly, of course, you're in the room with these beings. We have this idea that through movies and, and comics and everything else, that this is how aliens communicate. So, but maybe it is, but I just don't like assuming, you know, oh, well, it was definitely them. Well, or maybe it was a, I mean, let's let's be real. The, the chances are that it, it was them. If this is real, then surely they were probably communicating telepathically. So anyways, he knew it was them telling him this. He tried to resist, struggling more, 
But several more of the entities came over to hold him down. For several moments, he fought the humanoids' fisticuffs. Uh, the whole time, telepathic voices are asking him not to struggle. Now, to me, that was an interesting tidbit. Asking him. Because why would they even try to calm him down? Like, let's let's think about this. Let If you kidnap some... Okay, let's go dark here. If you abduct someone for ill for bad reasons, even research, whatever, how often do they care about the feelings of the subject? So why? Why are they trying so hard to calm him down? Asking him not to struggle as opposed to knocking him out, killing him. You know, whatever. I mean, there's a, there's a, numerous alternatives. If they were, if they were hostile or aggressive, why would they even be asking him not to struggle? Why would they be in his mind trying to convince him? Oh, it's okay. We're gonna be home soon. So what that says to me is they're not hostile. They're not aggressive. They're there for other reasons. But then one of the entities put four metal rod-like devices on his chest and he went limp, totally paralyzed. That's a little aggressive. <laughs> With Vlad incapacitated, they went back to Olga, who was still in the chair. But she didn't see any medical equipment at all. However, when she looked down at her torso, she was horrified to see an incision across her abdomen where she could see her internal organs. Holy shit, that would freak me the fuck out. Even cut open, though, she felt no pain or discomfort at all. In fact, she felt a sense of tranquility and relaxation. Imagine that. Imagine that you're laying on a table in a foreign craft surrounded by weird humanoids. You're cut open. Your guts are Showing, she can see them. And you feel tranquil and relaxed. Imagine that. That's crazy. I mean, I wish I felt tranquil and relaxed in normal times, let alone when you're being cut open by aliens. Good Lord. Anyway, she had no idea what was happening or why, but she believed that the humanoids were taking samples from her organs. Obviously, her being there, she would have a better idea, but we really don't know. They could have been doing anything. She watched them use various medical instruments that she had never seen before. How many medical instruments had she seen before? When the experiments were over, they sewed her up using some kind of advanced technology that left no scar or any sign of a procedure at all. That's where skeptics are going to jump on shit like that. See? Now, it's easy to say you had a procedure done. Okay? There's no proof. So they're going to say, well, where's the proof? Oh, well, they used advanced technology, so there was no 
they didn't leave anything. There was no scar. You couldn't tell, but I had it done. How is that's very hard to believe. Now, I'm not saying it's not true, but that is very, very hard. If you're if you're talking to a skeptic, they are going to say, "Well, don't you have something to prove you had this procedure?" Well, no, they used advanced technology, so it didn't leave a scar. Ah, I see. Advanced technology. Mm-hmm. But once again, what are those skeptics relying on? They are looking at the world we know now. They're looking at technology we currently have. They're not, they're not open to the idea that there could be advanced races that are taking samples of humans that don't want to fuck them up, <laughs> that do have technology that could simply just put them back together with no sign whatsoever. We would love that. Let me tell you something. I've been through surgeries. I have a gigantic scar on my knee from a knee surgery, clearly. Uh, but if they had a technique to use advanced technology to sew me up without having to leave a gnarly scar, aside from street cred, I wouldn't mind that. I get a little street cred because, you know, I could be like, yeah, I got bit by a shark. Yeah. You know how it is when you're swimming and shark and, you, you know, but whatever, <laughs> you know. No, not really. But I do have a scar. Anyways, I'm just saying that I think a lot of people would dig that, would really, really dig not having scars left after surgeries. Talk to a pregnant woman who has a C-section. She would love that. She would love that. Anybody who gets a boob job, hey, big fan. I'm a fan of boobs in general, so whether you get them worked on or not, good on you. But uh, a lot of people would dig that. So it's not unbelievable to think that that's technology could happen. It's just not right now. So once again, future humans, hmm, are they coming back to test her intestines? <laughs> Who knows? Now, what's interesting about this, speaking of like proof of all that, is that Olga suffered from stomach pain her entire life. But now she claimed that she had no pain as if the humanoids had corrected it. So, could be. Could be that they worked on her, they took some samples, they'd be like, she's got gastro, whatever the fuck. So we'll fix it for her. Now, Vladimir also got worked on. They gave him a bigger penis. Just kidding. He wasn't that lucky. There was an object like a handgun that was pressed inside his head, but just like Olga, no pain whatsoever. After the experiment, see, he didn't get anything cool done. I'm not saying that chicks have it great, but, but when it comes to abduction scenarios, aside from the ones that get pregnant or, like, molested, you know, actually, dudes don't really get shit either. It really doesn't seem that bad. 
aside from being anal probed and you know i mean it's it to me it seems like more like travis walton is one of the best examples i've heard of somebody who after years of talking about his his experience of being abducted fire in the sky go check it out the story of travis walton he talks about how he has rethought his experience and he believes that it was what happened to him was an accident that something some kind of defense mechanism for the craft blasted him hurting him and they took him on board to fix him but because of the obvious alien environment and the situation the way it was the suddenness of it all he panicked he says this he said it on the 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 jogan podcast is he said I believe they actually were healing me, that they had hurt me really bad on accident and that they took me on board to help me, to fix me, repair me. And that it was my reaction to the experience that made it dramatic. It wasn't the experience itself. And that, that claim, that outlook on it fascinated me. Because I thought, what if that is common? I mean, obviously, you're abducted. You wake up. You're, you're in this alien environment. Fight or flight. And, and, or stay put. Who would stay put that would assume they're not going to hurt me? They're not going to hurt me. But you're on a table. They're working on you. You don't even know they hurt you. Like he was saying, I didn't even know they hurt me. Hey, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying everything so far. If you want to help support the show, there are many ways you can do that. You can follow the link down in the show notes, and that will take you to several links, including our Patreon, where you can listen to the show, which you already are. Thank you very much. You can also leave a review on any of those. You can watch the show slash listen on Rumble. You can also watch slash listen on YouTube. You you can follow the show on Instagram, stay in touch. You can buy merch as well as you can follow the link to start your own podcast where you will get a $20 gift card and it lets them know that you're supporting the show. Love you all. Thank you so much. Back to the show. Very interesting to think about. It's It could be our reaction to the environment and the situation that turns it traumatic as opposed to the situation itself. Because when you look at other abduction scenarios where people are abducted, but then also they have a much better experience, well, they kind of went into it with an open mind in a way. Some of them were just weird, like we talked about in uh, episode 69, fun episode, dirty as hell, where we talked about the fact that some of these people actually fell in love with and had sex with their alien captors so i think there is something to be said for the state of mind of the individual that goes into these experiences just like anything it's about perspective you could you could go have a boat ride where if you panic and and have a terrible time thinking you're going to drown where nobody else did nobody else going to have a traumatic traumatic experience from that boat ride except you so, anyways, it really made me think about the perspective of the people that go into these scenarios. Of course, there's panic. It's sudden. 
Of course, it seems terrifying because they don't understand. It's unknown. And a lot of times it's surgical, which is weird. That would be weird. But it might not be bad surgical. It might be. It might be really bad surgical. It, might, it could be really bad. It's a 50-50 maybe, assuming that all this is uh, alien-related. Anyways, he didn't get much done aside from the handgun thing pressed inside his head. I would assume it touched his brain. Give it a little pokey poke. What is he doing? Oh, his leg's kicking. After the experiments, he was taken to a smaller, or by the smaller humanoids, to a separate room with a taller entity. And a weird conversation took place. Vladimir, where's my wife? The humanoid. It had to be done. Then, Vlad and Olga, together, were put in a large armchair-like seats in a room facing transparent walls again. These guys are big on transparency. That's great. Through the walls, they could see stars and planets all around them, like they were in deep space. How would you react to that? That reminds me of uh, the movie Galaxy Quest when he... They tell him to go up into this room and it opens up and he can see the whole galaxy and they cover him with this gel and blast him off. How would you react? If they put you in a room, you're sitting down on an armchair in an armchair and all of a sudden through the walls you could see stars and planets. How would you react? I Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, clearly, that's way beyond my scope of comprehension. But I got a thing with heights. <laughs> so to me, in my dumb mind, I think, oh, I'm going to be afraid because it's heights. But it's so much It's so much bigger than that. I just don't even know. But either way, they could see space. Vlad saw the sun looking like a diffused bright spot of light in the earth. The size of a tennis ball. What a sight that would be. Then the ship went into some kind of high-speed space travel. And he thought that because he saw a flash of white light and suddenly felt nauseous. Nauseous. Now, I don't know what hyperspeed feels like. I don't even know what space travel feels like. Once again, the influence of media. If somebody had never saw Star Wars or Star Trek or any other movie where hyperspeed and hyperspace and warp drive are used, how would they describe that that way? How would they know that's what was happening? You have no idea what's outside the ship. That could be panels, screens, making it look like they're in deep space. That's so doable. That is so, even today, let alone if you have some human or humanoid race from the future, this whole thing could be a a trickery. 
I'm just saying, influence of media. If that man immediately thinks he's in high speed or hyperspeed because he sees a flash of light and feels nauseous, that's for movies. But either way, what seemed like an instant, the craft stopped and they were looking at an unknown planet. Vlad and Olga were taken to another room in the ship that looked like an airlock. They could see smaller beings get into, or see the smaller beings, the ones, smaller humanoids that are around, getting into smaller cigar-shaped craft like a space boat. Vlad and Olga were put inside of one of these smaller crafts and then took off towards the planet. Closer they got to the planet's surface, they could see what looked like open pits scattered around with a lot of activity around them, making him think that they were underground dwellings. Once again, assuming. But it could be. Later, he learned that this was the humanoid's own planet, and they did live underground. That's a good guess. That's a great guess. Maybe they told him that because that's what he was thinking. Oh, yes, no, that's, yep, that's our planet. Yep, we live underground. So after a quick tour, I guess, of the planet for no goddamn reason, they headed back to the mothership in orbit. And at this time, apparently, Vlad, because I guess he's just putting this all together like a champ. Oh, well, that must be an underground dwelling. Oh, that must be a spaceboat. Oh, it must be in high speed, hyperspeed. Well, now he had a revelation that both humans and cows were brought to Earth from another planet. Humans and cows were brought to Earth from another planet. Why us and cows? The first thing I thought of is he, he's assuming because he knows about the whole idea that aliens and cattle. And of course, he knows that humans get abducted. But that they come from another planet? Why? Why humans and cows? Why not anything else? How is it that humans and cows were brought here? Super, that's just, to me, that's the weirdest thing out of all this, <laughs> believe it or not, is this revelation that Vlad has that, that oh, well, humans and cows actually were brought here from another planet. I just, I just do not understand that at all. Once on board the mothership, Vlad saw another flash of light and the same feeling of intense sickness as before, feeling like they were moving extremely fast. Again, assuming they're in hyperspace, hyperspace, hyperspeed, whatever the fuck it's called. When they stopped again, they were at another strange planet. Now at this point, orbiting around this strange planet, the humanoids came to Vlad. And they wanted him to have sex with a female alien. Well, he said no. So they kept trying. The female even changed 
form into a beautiful human woman to try to seduce him. Now, it's not said whether he actually maintained his stance on on no fraternizing with the enemy, fraternizing, whatever the word is, to not lay pipe or not. But I like to think that they just kept trying. Like, what's he going to do? How is he going to resist? They seem nice so far. But how is he going to resist? You know, like they got some beautiful alien. I assume it's a beautiful alien woman. And then turns into a beautiful human woman. And then they just keep trying different things. Does this entice you? And then they turn into like, uh, I don't know, whatever, Asian, redhead, blonde. <laughs> they just keep going through different. Sh- All of a sudden, they got a sheep up there. Is this more your style, Vlad? Do they do sheep in Ukraine? Do they? I don't know. Do these, do these aliens know? Who knows? Either way, I think, I think he did it. I think he's just in his tail. He's like, I totally turned him down. Of course. They kept trying and trying, and, you know, they kept just stroking it, and I kept saying no. Mm-hmm. I would say that, too. Either way, from that point on, the aliens focused on human emotions and how weird it was to them. Humans are weird. I mean, not human. (laughs) Humans are weird. But emotions are weird. I mean, even me as an emotional creature as I am, I, it's weird. It's weird what gets to you emotionally. Music, movies, whatever it is that gets you emotionally. It's interesting. I still find that interesting. They even asked how the human race had not destroyed itself, given how much they were at the mercy of their emotions. Good good question. I mean, we're trying real hard (laughs) to destroy each other. The next morning, around 11 a.m., Vlad and Olga woke up in their beds. No memory of how they got there. Now, the funny part is, they didn't mention it to each other. They didn't talk about their incident. Even though both of them were there, they believed it was a weird dream. And so they were, I would imagine, a little embarrassed. I would be especially flat. Uh, yeah, I was propositioned by a by, uh, female alien a few, few times. May or may not have uh, succumbed to uh, temptation. Her, on the other hand, be like, yeah, they were touching my my intestines. Not really sure why. Took a sample of my poop. But finally, after talking to each other, they realized it really happened to them. Now, Vladimir went and reached out to a UFO researcher, Yuri Stepanov, who agreed to use... <gasps> Hypnotic regression to unlock more memories. Imagine that. 
Now, I'm curious. Obviously, this is after the fact. I would be curious to know how much of this he actually remembered before the hypnotic regression. If you've listened to the show before, at nauseum, I have explained that hypnotic regression, specifically, I believe, by UFO researchers and whatnot, are highly susceptible to manipulation. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they're in the business to con- to confirm these things. Why wouldn't he go to a... a why would... I, I would, and I've said this before, I would have much more faith and believe them to be credible if they were just hypnotic regressionists as opposed to, if that's a real term, as opposed to they do it specifically for UFO abductees and whatnot. Because you're in the business to confirm them. You're in the business as opposed to, well, I do hypnotic regression but I don't have a specialty in abductions. I think that's more credible because you're like, you're not, you're going to be like, look, this is my reputation as a regular hypnotist. So I can't be fucking around. Whereas these guys, it helps them to confirm these things. And look, uh, you're giving somebody a book with the pen and you're telling them don't write in it. In my opinion, that's what hypnotic regression is is you're like, well, take me down the path, but don't lead me to anything. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of responsibility that I think uh I just that that takes a, a lot of willpower to not take advantage of somebody. Especially if there it's going to further your reputation as a UFO as a UFO researcher. Using hypnotic regression, it's going to further that for you by by saying, yes, oh, that's there's case 974 confirmed abduction. So very skeptical of those, very skeptical of those. So after this, Vlad sketched several detailed pictures of the craft and the humanoids. After this, also, he added details like a plasma of some sort surrounding the spacecraft. How would he know that? How would he know it's plasma? That's incredibly specific. How would he know it's plasma? This plasma also made the craft invisible to the human eye. Oh! Oh! And made it undetectable on radar. That's convenient! A magical plasma that makes crafts invisible. You'll never see them. But they're there. They're never detectable on radar. But they're there. I don't know, man. A lot of room for fuckery in that. How did he know it's plasma? After he was hypnotically regressed. Did he get it from the aliens? Oh, well, they found that out when he was hypnotically regressed. What if this guy happened to be researching the idea that plasma is causing these crafts to become invisible and wants to prove it? Oh, well, I'll start building a case of all these abduction scenarios where they just so happen to say that it's plasma. 
Did he know, does he know the, the science of plasma? I don't. Do you? Do any of you? I would love to know that. I would love to know if any of you know about plasma. Please. please. If you do, if you think, oh, no, no. If you have something that actually shows that, that, yeah, yeah, oh, plasma does. It, it can do that. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I'll kiss you on the lips. You show me on that. But I don't think that he would know that. Once again, there's just a lot of that. So on top of that, on top of getting hypnotized, the whole family went and got examined to see if there was any implants. Nothing. No implants. What did Vlad have done? Hmm? Brain scramble. Can't believe anything he says. But there were some interesting effects. For example, Vlad's gray hair now had color again. He felt fitter, stronger, faster. Olga's stomach issues never came back. Now, what's this is hilarious to me. She suddenly had the ability to make a drunk person completely sober by touching their forehead for two minutes. How how do you find that out? How do you learn that? Who do you who do you go around touching foreheads for two minutes? Two minutes. You want to hear what two minutes of silence sounds like? You don't. I'm not going to do that to you. So imagine having Olga stand in front of you while you're drunk, put her hand on your forehead for two minutes, only for you to go sober. What fun is that? What is, why? I'm curious to know what the forehead has to do with drunkenness. Because what if there's something where, oh, well, you know, if you're facing Saturn uh, at, at a, you know, when the, when the, you know, wind is blowing west and you have your forehead at a two o'clock angle on your, on your forehead, then you will be sober for two minutes. What if we could all do that? Olga, what a dumbass thing to get from the aliens. I would complain. I mean, the stomach issues, that's cool. But, like, ruining somebody else's good. Keep your hands off me, Olga. I'm enjoying myself. I just don't get it. You can sober people up with your hand? Oh, great. What a cool ability. You get two. They were regularly mocked, of course, and even accused of making it all up. That's shocking. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Some of it's pretty hard to believe. But what a hell of a story. What a hell of a story that is. 
You got surgery. You got gray hair colored again. What happened to the kids during all that? The only thing the kids ever had to do with that was they saw the goddamn thing up in the sky, apparently. Man. What a trip, huh? Imagine imagine if, if that's real and that happened to you. That's crazy. What's even crazier is trying to explain it without sounding like you're insane. I mean... It does. It sounds insane. What if it's real? That'd be crazy. Anyways. Let me know if you think it's real. I'm very curious. Let's go look at some others. So the Dubno case, that's pretty awesome. Pretty crazy case. Uh, Let's go look at some other sightings in Ukraine. Two years before that, June 2006, multiple residents of Mariupol, saw strange disc-shaped objects hovering over the city. Story goes, the residents from different parts of the city reported seeing six strange objects in the sky. At first, they thought the objects were NATO aircraft. However, it was soon clear that the objects moved in a way that regular aircraft didn't. Now, that's pretty straightforward. They generally move in a straight line. But once again, these people are not familiar with aircraft. So that's an assumption. But... Typically, we can see what aircraft look like. Once again, straight line. So anyways, they assumed that they were moving in a weird way. So when the Ukrainian Air Force was asked for a comment, a spokesman claimed that they didn't detect anything on their radar systems. This was also backed up by air traffic control at Mariupol Airport. The following morning, over an industrial area of the city at a little after 9 a.m., a watchman, Nikolai Trinitsyn, Notice 20 fast-flying light, uh, lighted spheres visible despite the morning sunshine while doing his morning rounds. He yelled out to his colleagues who, was also, who also saw those strange objects. They all watched for around 10 minutes, and then they vanished. Not much there, but still, people are seeing shit. Now, let's go to, back to the summer of 1952 where there were at least two strange meetings with weird humanoid creatures. Now, on this one, again, uh, exact location isn't known, but according to an article in the interesting newspaper, a young boy named Ivan Sergeyevich was camping with his family when suddenly there was a really strong, weird wind that came out of nowhere. In fact, the wind was so sudden and strong that it scattered their horses. Everyone chased their horses except Ivan and an old lady. A few minutes later, a bright flash of white light came from the nearby woods. And when Ivan turned to look and saw a bright object, or I'm sorry, Ivan turned to look and saw a bright object with a domed top rising out of the forest and three humanoid entities around six feet tall wearing helmets, covering their faces, walking in his direction. Pretty same description of the uh, other humanoids. They walked up to Ivan, stopping on the other side of the fire. So there's a fire in between them. After a few moments, the old lady reached into her bag and brought out a small handful of dust. And she threw it into the fire, causing it to crackle. 
The creatures stared at Ivan, and the elderly lady looked for a bit, or looked at Jesus Christ. Creatures stared at Ivan and the old lady for a bit. Then they turned around and walked back toward the light and disappeared. Now, the whole crackling dust thing, I was like, why is that important? And it's not. I mean, it really plays no part. But there's, you know, at first I'm like, what kind of magic dust is that? But actually... There's this whole thing you can get these deals. Um, you can even make some of yourself that cause uh, flames to crackle or even change color. So like things like, uh, uh, what is it? Epsom salts, I think, which is uh, magnesium sulfate. That will actually change color and make it crackle. Even borax. I mean, I wouldn't want to like breathe in the chemicals of that. being lit, But that those are all things that make them crackle. I don't think she's pouring bore or putting borax ever purse but either way it's not dust it's clearly something that that you know made it crackle i mean whatever anyways it's a weird detail that i was like why why does that make a big difference anyways i think the whole thing was to show that it like it made the creatures walk away because then they turned around walked back toward the light and disappeared moment later light was gone Around the same time as that, in Belgorod, Dneztrovsky, according to an article in the Komsomolskaya Pravda newspaper, an old gentleman suffering from insomnia was at home looking out his window when he saw five humanoid figures in his neighbor's yard. He watched them for several moments and notice they had horns on their head. That's another new one, horns. Deciding not to confront them, I wouldn't either. He turned the lights off in the house and waited until morning. The next day, when he went to investigate, he found that his neighbor's apple trees were devoid of apples. Holy shit, the demon stole the apples. Is that like a a symbol of like the whole Adam and Eve thing? Like the demon entities to like one up God came and stole all the apples out of the apple trees. This is how it all started. We're taking it back. That'd be weird. But this was only the first sighting of horned creatures. On top of that, a lot of them had food missing. And an interesting tidbit about these uh, sightings I'm going to go over is a lot of them actually took place near this ancient fortress. And what's interesting about this ancient fortress, aside from being an ancient fortress, which is pretty cool, is that the locals claimed that it had multiple secret tunnels and passageways connected to it. So, easy access, unseen, hiding things, whatever. So, according to local legends... Strange creatures were believed to live under this fortress and use the ancient tunnel system to move around the area. On top of that, there's even reports that there was a UFO crash near the fortress and that the survivors used the tunnels as a sanctuary. But the story goes, according to uh, Anton Afilov of the Yaroslavi UFO group, between August 17th and 20th of 1953, a woman named Lena Ivana, Ivanovna Kravitz 
was on her way to visit her auntie when she saw a silver globe flying through the air around 150 feet up and around 350 feet away. She watched it descend toward the ground and disappear behind some houses. She didn't know at the time, but another lady who lived nearby was outside getting water from her well, and she noticed three strange figures standing underneath a nearby apple tree. They cut one of the branches that was full of apples going from tree to tree, first to plum tree and then a cherry tree taking samples of all of them. She also saw they were carrying other samples like wheat and rye. Then one of the figures turned around, looked directly at her, turned back to the other two, said something to him or motioned to him, and then all three of them stared back at her. And at first she thought they were teenagers collecting food and she yelled out <laughs> that she wouldn't tell anyone they were stealing. But then they started moving toward her and she quickly realized they were not teenagers. They weren't even human. Closer they got, she could see that they were wearing a dark overall type of outfit, gloves on their hands and helmets. She could also see they were carrying transparent tubes that had a small animal like a frog, a lizard, and even a fish inside of it. They were a little ways away from her when one of them talked to her in badly broken Russian. Huh? Huh? That doesn't say to me it's alien unless they knew Russian or maybe they had some kind of translator. I don't know. But that's an interesting tidbit. Uh, they told her that they had flown from up there, pointing to the sky, and they were looking for their people, although they feared that humans had annihilated them. In shock, she asked if they were gods. They seemed confused. If you were an alien who's going around collecting small animals and fruit, and you have an old lady that's never seen something like you before. Or I would, if I was an alien, I would assume they hadn't seen something like me before. Why would you be confused when somebody asked you if you're a god? Like the, uh, the Ghostbusters line. When somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. But they didn't. Uh, she started, she got scared. She started making the sign of the cross over her chest. Oh, God, oh, please, no. Protect me. Uh, sensing, of course, that she was freaked the fuck out. They assured her that they were not gods. Wrong answer, man. And that they came from another planet. They told her that their race had discovered the Earth and that they sent a scout ship to investigate. But they hadn't heard from them and feared that something had happened to them. So they sent another search team to locate them. They also said they'd been watching Earth for a while and were aware of all the wars on Earth. And they claimed that the wars fought on Earth had an effect on natural disasters on their home planet. They didn't explain why. They just said it was part of their overall mission to encourage humans 
to live in peace. And that is actually a pretty common theme in encounters. They asked her things like how we measure time, questions about religion, even what the firewood was used for that she was carrying. Then the figure told the woman to turn around and look behind her. When she looked behind her, she saw a large silver sphere hovering in place. The figure told her that they had traveled from their planet in the craft and she walked with them toward the craft. Before they got on board, they offered her a piece of their bread. She took it, but when she snapped a piece off, she saw a black substance inside it. She thanked them, said no, and handed back the bread. They entered the craft, lifted off, and disappeared into the night sky. Now, I will tell you, in my opinion, that is one of the most believable scenarios. Because it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. You have some creatures, some beings, humanoid, that are carrying around sample tubes. And they're taking samples. Creatures like animals, like they said, a frog, a lizard, even a fish. They, I would assume, had some kind of communicator on. That's why they talked in broken Russian. They didn't go into some, when she asked them where they were from, they didn't go into some crazy explanation. They just pointed up to the sky, said they were there. They were looking for their friends who may have crashed. Her not knowing anything, I'm sure they were taller than her. She's a religious person, asks if they're gods. They say, no, we're here to find our friends. We think they may have been shot down. Said in the team, team didn't come back. We're here to find them. Now, the whole thing about the wars having effects on natural disasters on their home planet. I don't know what to make of that. Other than... There's so much force and energy, negative energy perhaps, that is is translated or transferable to other dimensions, realms. That affect other worlds. But otherwise, I find that a very reasonable encounter to believe. There's no fluff. There's no, oh, it was 50 feet wide, 350 feet tall. You have no idea. There was no talking out of her ass. It was a very common sense conversation that I think, I think a majority of people, if they met something like that, would, would have very similar conversation. They even tried to feed her. Fascinating. I like that one. I like that one. Let me know what you think of that one. <laughs> Great show so far. Am I right? Don't let this happen to you. And about like 30 to 45 minutes ago, I beat the fuck out of my dick so goddamn hard 
that I can't even feel my left leg. My left leg has went totally numb. And my dick has also went totally numb to the point where it feels fucking weird when I go and take a piss. Take CBD. Get the best CBD at ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Use promo code UFONO to save 10% on your purchase and help support the show. Two decades later, in the summer of 1971, Odessa, according to a magazine called The Secret Doctrine, a woman named Masha came from Crimea to explore the underground catacombs of this ancient fortress that spread out under the city, despite the fact that people disappear all the time investigating the catacombs. She explored through the networks with a tour group to find a one-time Second World War hideout. That would be cool. Uh, Now, important to this is that they were all connected by ropes so that nobody would be left behind. Masha was in the tallest of the group, so she went last. And everything was normal at first. But then, Masha thought she heard the sound of a child crying from one of the side passageways So she disconnected herself from the group to go locate the distressed youngster. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. All of a sudden, she got hit hard on the back of her head and everything went black. She was missing for several days. Multiple searches took place. Nothing. Then on the third day, hmm, Religious symbology, the third day, perhaps. She walked into the main part of the catacombs and was found by another tour group. They took her to the surface, and after she was checked over, she went back to Crimea. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. She didn't tell her family what happened when she got home, but everyone noticed there was definitely something different about her, and... You know, like the fact that she was outgoing, she was talkative, but now she was super quiet, really withdrawn. Then they found out she was pregnant and people started talking as they do. And of course, her parents were questioning her even more, not knowing who the father was, but she told them that she didn't know either or how she even got pregnant. Well, regardless, she had the baby. Mazeltov, it was a boy. (laughs) But as he got older, it was obvious to them he was not normal. He was super smart, developed really fast. He read school textbooks instead of regular books and kept to himself with only a few, if any, friends. Now, he looked human. But his family said they could see small differences, like he, he was pretty short, especially considering his mom is tall. He also had a really small frame and a larger-than-normal head. His eyes were also larger than normal, but his mouth was pretty small. Uh, then, in the late 90s, he disappeared in the exact same Odessa catacombs that his mother went missing in. 
However, he was never seen again. Interesting. Was he an alien baby? Could he have been an alien baby? Five years after that, just outside uh, Chernivsky, Chernivsky, on January 8th, 1976, a truck driver from a glass packing factory referred to as Nikolai N. in the particular report was driving his truck when he decided to pull over to catch a few Z's. He wasn't sure how long he'd been asleep, but around 1 a.m. there was a knock on the window. When he looked, he saw three strange men standing outside. They looked normal, but it was dark, so he couldn't see their faces. They spoke in Russian again. Very interesting fact that they spoke in Russian, saying that they were having trouble with their car. Not sensing any danger, once again, people have a suspicious mind. It'll say sometimes it'll save you. Sometimes it'll make you look like a weirdo, but sometimes it'll save you. So without sensing any danger or anything out of the ordinary, other than three men standing outside of his vehicle while he's sleeping, he opened the door and went to help. He followed the three men for a little bit, but instead of going to a car, they went to a cylinder-shaped craft standing upright with a dome section at the top that glowed magnificently. That sounds like a penis. Penis! Uh, At the base of the object was pubes. No, just kidding. It was a ladder (laughs) coming from an open hatch. It'd be weird if it had, like, balls... You got to go in the left one. It's bigger. Despite the weirdness of the situation, he said he didn't feel scared. So when he was invited to go on board, he did. Man, how many of us, how many of us, how many of us, you, me, would have the balls to get in man i mean i would want to but i I don't i don't know if i would to me that is a very sketchy situation this man seems very trusting but to me that seems like a very sketchy situation so the men asked him to sit in one of the chairs in the room like a salon chair that's what it looked like so he did and just moments after sitting down he blacked out That's how it starts. That's how pornos start. When he woke up, he was laying on a strange table. His arms were stretched over his head, and he could see strange cables and devices attached to his body. The men told him they were at their base, and there was nothing to worry about, of course. A little bit later, they led him into another room. The room had several screens devices, and a huge map of the Earth hanging overhead with several alien beings doing random tasks. 
One of them told Nikolai that they were on the moon. Then they put him in a special suit so they could explore the surface. He was led to an entrance through another large hall to an elevator that took them to the surface of the moon. How crazy would that be? How crazy would that be? To be able to go to the surface of the moon. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that whole situation is weird, so maybe that wouldn't be the most shocking part for you. I don't know. Anyways, he said he could see the earth, even down to the cloud cover. Now, I find that to be an over-detail. And by that, I mean, when we think of seeing the earth, now we have reference since 1969, if not before, of what the moon looked, or the, yeah, the earth looked like from the moon, well, especially since the moon landing. Why does he need to point out the cloud cover? That, to me, is an over-detail. That's a detail he didn't need to add. It, it's because he wants to add credibility to the story. I could see the earth, even the cloud cover. You know what I mean? It's not needed. It's for him to do what he thinks is adding credibility, I believe. That's why. Maybe not. Maybe he just... That blew him away. So that's why he was like, whoa, I could even see the cloud cover. I don't know. But to me, I'm like, well, yeah, you could see the earth. Cloud cover is considered part of the earth. It's what you see when you look at the earth. We have pictures. They all walked around the surface for several minutes before going back to the elevator and return to the base. Then they put him back on the spaceship and he blacked out again. When he woke up, he was in his truck and it was morning. He looked around, didn't see the three men, but he knew he hadn't imagined it. Interesting nugget for this whole thing happened several years later when he was walking down the street one day and spotted a man he recognized from somewhere but didn't know where. Then the man stopped him and asked him how his trip to the moon was. He suddenly realized he was looking at one of the extraterrestrials from years earlier. That would be crazy. That would be pretty crazy. Very interesting. Once again, I mean, that you know, to be taken to the moon in a penis craft. Walk around for a bit. What's the purpose, though? What's the purpose? What was the purpose of that? Why'd they take him? Why'd they bring him back? Why'd they walk him around on the moon? It seemed to be no for no reason. Maybe it's like alien fishing. Does a fish know what happened or how they got there or why? Or I mean, 
Maybe it's one of those deals. Either way, another thought-provoking encounter happened on the night of April 17th, 1982 in Simferopol, Crimea. Story goes, an electrician, Yuri Vasilovich Zabroy, was at home with his wife at around 8 p.m. when the lights suddenly dimmed. Now, I can say for myself, I don't know about the rest of you, but I've popped my fair share of fuses in the home. But I'm paranoid. But these guys had recently had problems with their fuses in their apartment building, so they didn't think anything of it. And they just turned everything off and went to bed. I would probably do the same thing. If I was in an apartment building and there was already fuses being popped, I'd be like, motherfucking super. Where is he? Get on it. Pay my rent, goddammit. Fuses keep popping. And then just go to bed. Several hours later, though, he woke up to a strange shape on the wall, causing parts of the plaster to fall off. So like it was pushing in on the wall. He got out of bed, walked to the wall, but after a few steps, he was unable to move. He felt like there was an invisible force holding him. He kept trying to move and was able to stretch his arm out enough to touch the raised spot on the wall. When he did, there was a flash of light and a sense of being magnetized. What does that feel like? What does being magnetized feel like? Went through his body. What does that feel like? Being magnetized. Somebody tell me. I don't know. If anyone's ever been magnetized, let me know. Tell me. I want to know. Small opening on the wall appeared, and Yuri could see a small flying saucer. And it flew out of the opening and into the room and got bigger. He watched in amazement as the saucer became like a hologram with strange lines all over it, like lines you would see in uh, TV interference. Through the interference, three creatures appeared and walked toward Yuri. They also got bigger. In fact, not only were they growing, they were changing in appearance, evolving from strange creatures to humanoids. That's interesting because that could be why they look humanoid is maybe they have something that makes them look humanoid. When Yuri thought to himself that these were aliens, they answered him telepathically, which freaked him out knowing they could read his thoughts. Then he got really freaked out thinking he was going to be abducted. But then they told him they only wanted his sperm for a hybridization program. Ah, we only want to give you a handjob. Little tug. So they milked him with a machine, telling him that several females of their race would be inseminated. Next thing he realized, it was morning, and he was back in his room. Quick tug and a snug. Everything was normal except for a small spot on the wall where he saw the craziness from the night before. That'd be interesting, huh? Several years later, June 1989, near Karvik, or wait, Karkiv, 
according to a report from the Karav UFO group. An object was seen by Ivan Rybchenko, who was driving around a factory area where he worked when he saw a strange luminous spot descending toward the ground in front of his vehicle. He stopped, watched the light continue to descend, lighting up the entire area in a brilliant glow. He got out of the car, took a closer look, took several steps. Oh, he got out of the car to take a closer look, took several steps forward when two doors on the side of the object opened. He didn't know why, but he kept moving toward the craft. He looked inside the craft, which was pitch black, and the floor moved like a gentle earthquake. A gentle earthquake. A small rumbling, if you will. After a moment or two, again, not knowing why, he kept moving further into the craft, coming to a different room that looked like a control center. A voice popped in his head, telling him they were going to another planet. Ivan tried to leave the room, not wanting to go to another planet, but he was blocked. He didn't know how, but he found himself being put in a large box that covered him with a loose, soft material. The box was surprisingly comfortable and calming, so he just drifted right off to sleep. When he woke up, he had severe pain in his left hand, like something was ripping it apart. After a few moments, the pain stopped, but it still felt like it was being pulled. After several experiments, he looked out from the spaceship and saw an unknown world with several large communication bases and transmission towers. The voice told him his, this base functioned automatically, controlled by AI. Now, what's interesting about that is there are theories that alien beings could be some kind of AI, robots or machines, whatever the case may be. What do you think? At least in this case, do you think the fact that the voice told them the base has functioned automatically, that they could be AI? Or do you think in general aliens could be AI? Once again, I, I really think government shenanigans are a big part of it. Maybe not in these cases, but... Then, all of a sudden, Ivan was back on the road. The bright light fading fast and then was gone. Another great story of a 68-year-old Ivan Nikonorovich who was taken from his home in Donetsk sometime in February of 1990. The story goes he was woken up by the sound of his dogs barking outside. So he quickly got out of bed, put on some clothes, went outside to investigate. Outside, he saw three tall humanoid figures, around 10 feet tall, really tall. Imagine seeing somebody 10 feet tall. That's crazy. I've been to some pretty super awesome haunted houses in the past that have guys on the stilt things that I'm pretty sure around 10 feet tall and it is tall. Ivan's immediate reaction was to get the fuck out of there. But when he tried to run, he tripped and fell. Ivan, fuck. Suddenly he felt a change. Like he was under the control of these strange creatures. 
He started walking toward the three tall humanoids, powerless to stop himself. When he got closer, he could see a round object that he assumed was their craft. Then he was led to a ladder going inside. The three aliens followed him. As they entered, the one-piece suits that they were wearing peeled away and disappeared, leaving a lighter bodysuit underneath. Ivan studied the aliens, noticing they had faces that were like humans, except for large round eyes, a small mouth, and a bridgeless nose that made it look flat. One of the figures was male, and the other two were female. What did he do? Lift up their skirts? They have boobs? They have dongs? How did he know? Maybe the figure, maybe thinner figure. The humanoids did several experiments and medical procedures on him involving devices and instruments that he'd never seen before. How many, you know, people say that all the time. No, I've never seen these instruments. How many medical instruments have you seen besides a syringe? How many? You ever perform surgery? Have you ever seen surgery? How do you know how many medical devices there are? Afterwards, he was led into another part of the craft and put into a piece of furniture like a sofa. He's just plopped there. Sit on the couch. When he stared out the window in front of him, he could see that were flying high above the earth with the lights of the cities like dots. Then the craft took off super fast and into deep space. Ivan saw different planets up close during the trip, and then he was brought back home. Again, why? Just to show him? I mean, what was the reason? Why, why, would, they, why would they do that? Why would they want to do that? I mean, clearly they're doing some experimentation on him, but like, why take him to deep space? Why show him some planets? When he told people what happened, of course, they didn't believe him. It is pretty fantastic. I mean, it's all of these pretty out there. After getting home, Ivan became super sick. He couldn't eat for three days and suffered from aches and pains all over his body. That, what do they call that, hibernation sickness? I wonder if that's what, I wonder if they're being put in hibernation and that's what's happening. Or it could be just that, uh, you know, just the, the, all the stuff they put in him maybe during the procedures. Maybe the procedures are to prep him for space. Hmm. Maybe they're giving him something to make it easier on his body. So then when he gets back on the earth, it takes a few days for it to work its way out. Mm, Could be. Again, very interesting. Let's go a little bit more recent now. Let's go to August 2019. A white triangular craft flying over the country, Ukraine, was seen by several people. They even managed to capture video footage of the object, and it looked like it had no wings, window, or insignia. 
I mean, you know, like cop cars don't always have, of course they have windows, but they don't always have insignia. So it's an unmarked. People watch the object move through the cloudy daytime sky and morph into a disc-shaped object before changing back again. Again, that could be angle. The angle that it was moved from, the craft could have been moving, but not actually changing shape. But the perspective changes, so therefore it looks like the object is changing. Obviously, we know what planes look like. Front, forward, sideways. So no matter where they are in that formation, we know it's a plane. But if you have a craft that you don't know what it is, what it looks like, and it's moving around, you're not going to know, oh, well, that's what it looks like from the side. That's what it looks like from the top. That's what it looks like from the, you know, the bottom, whatever. So I think that's angle as opposed to the craft changing shape. But who really knows? Could have actually been changing shapes. Some researchers and ufologists say it could have been the TR-3B. If not familiar with the TR-3B, you should really look it up. But uh, it's the secret aircraft of the U.S., that some people claim uses reverse-engineered alien technology. Now, I think there... I don't know about the reverse engineering. I think there's a lot of technology that they've worked on since the 30s. I mean, last episode, I think we talked about drone technology being utilized in the 1800s. The 1800s for drone technology. 1916... Shit like that. They were using drones. And then in the 30s, they actually implemented government programs to, to, to uh, manufacture drones. But they have been... I, I was shocked to find out how long drone technology has been out. So it would not shock me to believe that they have far more technology than that that they've been working on, keeping to themselves. And also, at this point in time, it is highly probable that most powerful nations have some kind of secret technology, not just the U.S. I mean, even going back to World War II, the, the Russians got some of the scientists from Operation Paperclip. Numerous nations did. The powerful ones. So, I, I have no doubt that you know, these other nations have advanced technology similar to us, if not more advanced than us. In February 2022, talking this year, folks, in Odessa, two glowing objects were filmed hovering in the early morning. You can actually go find this video on YouTube. Just Odessa glowing objects hovering or some shit like that. The objects appeared solid and metallic and about the size of a small van. Again, that is very hard to establish, but that's what they're saying. A few weeks later, March 1st, just a month and a half ago, roughly, in an unknown location, I believe they're doing that because of the 
shit going on over there. Unknown location. A disc-shaped object was seen hovering in the distance. It was captured on video from an apartment window and is perfectly clear. As you can see and tell. There are a lot of these are these are just a few. These are just a few examples I found that of UFOs encounters, the humanoid creatures aspects. Very interesting. It's interesting that these humanoids seem to be on a data gathering mission of some kind that they were either looking to experiment with animals or humans as they were abducting these people and trying to collect plants, even sperm. But I want to know what you think. I want to know what you think about all these. Let me know. Hit me up. Uh, email me. You can email me. Reach out to the show. If you have encounters, experiences, you want to reach out, once again, email me. I want to hear what you have to say about the show, what you think about it, uh, your your theories about what happened, whether it's uh, AI, whether it's government technology, advanced technology, or legitimately aliens. I'd love to know what you think about this. Uh, you can email, which is in the show notes. The email is... But now, on to the segment that I like. That is... My thank yous! Right off the bat, I have to always thank my very first donator, my very first patron, my constant supporter, my designer, tinfoil hat wearing, Aaron. Thank you so much. Much love to you, lady. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, she's doing great things. Got a whole business going on. Phenomenal. Anyways, could not thank you enough for your support. We always have a great chat. Haven't heard from you in a bit, but I know you're busy. No worries. Uh, anyways, it brings me so much joy to always know uh, that I get support from her. Thank you, Aaron, very much. I really, really appreciate it. You too can also donate at patreon.com slash UFO no podcast any donation whatsoever means the world to me. You can set it up for monthly donations. You could donate once and be done. You could donate whatever you want. It means the world to me. If you like the show, prove it to me. <laughs> Go in there, leave me something. It really helps me out uh, so I can put more into this. Uh, now, for those of you that have left me reviews. Thanks for the moon cheese. Uh, as before, Tego Shea. Thanks for adding us in your lives. And yes, we're going to get Mike back. Ridiculous Patronus 1. Love you. And I'm so glad you love the intro. Let me know what else you like. Let me know what kind of topics you want to hear. Uh, I'll keep you wanting more for sure. Uh, your Scented Memoried. I'm always so glad you added us to your list of podcasts. I hope you're still listening. means a lot. Thank you very much. And I hope we keep it real for you. Gigi Holland. Uh, once again, if you have not listened to that USO episode, Gigi Holland loved it. You will too. Go check it out. And of course, my friend Casey Leesky, 
uh, says you have to check us out. You have to. He's been on the show before. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, if you haven't left a review, or I'm sorry, if you have left a review, uh, but I didn't give you a shout out, I didn't let you know how much I love you, please reach out and tell me because I don't want to miss you because I really, it depends on the platform. Uh, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. There's all kinds of platforms that you guys can leave reviews at. Well, you can do it anywhere. Um, so I try and put them all together, but you know, it happens. I miss them sometimes. So let me know if I don't shout you out, I want to. So make sure and let me know that you left a review because it means a lot. And I, I might not see it once again, and I super want to. I want to see your big juicy reviews. Uh, and finally, of course, for my general shout-outs. Big thank yous from me. My sister from the same Mr. Christy. Thank you so much. She bought some merch. Love it. Uh, Anthony D. and Graham over in Alaska. Graham, I hope you're doing good, buddy. hope you're feeling better. He lost some people during the last two years. Um, you know, I know people have, and it sucks. So, uh, I hope you're all doing good. I really do. Uh, I love you all. And if you're listening, my hearts are with you. If you've been through this, it's been a tough time for you. My heart is with you. I feel for you. Been a hard time for everybody, especially those that have lost people. Uh, Lenny F., that's Leonard, my buddy Len. Always good friend, great friend, great listener. Started listening to the show right off the bat. We kind of worked together. You know, but uh, anyways, love that guy. Thanks, Leonard. And then Heather and Michael, good friends of the show. They love, uh, they come by the shop all the time. Thank you guys so much. They take care of our outside area. Can't thank you enough. Uh, they do a great job. Love it. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, buddy Casey Armadillo, who also got some merch. Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate that very, very much. Once again, um, oh, and then, of course, Michelle Davis. Thank you for letting me know you listen to the show means a lot as well um anyone who's bought merch if you want to you can go on the instagrams you can tag ufo no podcast with your sweet ass gear let us know because we want to help uh we want to build a a fan portfolio get all the pictures of the fans together put them up uh we're putting together a website big things coming um but we want to put it all together and feature you guys because it's about you guys it's about it's about the listeners here, right? Who am I? I'm just some douche. You, the listeners. I, I love it. So anyways, it means a lot. And I want to I want to honor you all by uh, showing pictures of your beautiful faces and the gear, of course. Uh, if you want to get a shout out, all you got to do is let me know that you listen to the show or donate. That's it. It's super, super simple. Um, just anywhere you listen to the show, let me know that you do so. Anywhere on the social medias that you find me, let me know that you listen to the show. Or once again, you can donate. That's it. Super, super easy. And again, uh, I like to come into the show with an open mind. There's a lot out there. Is it real? Is it not? We don't know. That's the whole point of going over these is kind of putting it together, seeing where the patterns lie, and then talking it over and, uh, you know, using some common sense, some critical thinking, and figure out, once again, what's science fact and what's science fiction. But... With that, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I hope you all have a phenomenal Easter. It is Easter weekend. If you're listening to this uh, on the time of this recording, it is the Friday before uh, Easter. So I hope you all have a great Easter weekend. I hope the Easter Bunny leaves you lots of candy and not rotten eggs. If you have kids, I hope you have some fun with some Easter egg hunts. And uh, I hope the weather isn't being shitty for you because it's shitty for us. 
Otherwise, that is it for us, y'all. Thank you again for joining me on another episode. And hey, watch out for the government, because guess what? They're shoisty bastards. Love y'all.